Hi, I'm Susanna Kalchich and you're listening to Life in Practice podcast. I'm curious about the big questions in life and how we can experience more meaning and fulfillment every day. Join me as my guests share their challenges, successes and what it means to put our purpose, our values and our lives in practice. Hello and welcome to Life in Practice podcast. This is your host Susanna and today my guest is Christine Allaby. Um, Christine is a confidence coach for young minds and positive parenting supporter who's passionate about nurturing the next generation of happy and confident children and happy parents. Welcome, Christine. Oh, thank you so much, Susie. I feel so honored to be here oh, on your podcast. Thanks. So, uh, Christine and I uh, connected over a shared passion and interest for personal development, spirituality, psychology, uh, probably some more things. Like, we both want to make a positive impact. We love sharing ideas, talking, talking too much. <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So I want to start off, Christine. Um, how did your journey into personal development start? Like how how did you get into that? And also uh, spirituality as well. Mm. I mean, would you say that the, the two are quite connected for you? For personal development and spirituality? Yeah. I do. Uh, I feel, in my opinion, when you are doing personal development effectively, you end up tapping into your spiritual side. Um, if you're doing it fearlessly, that that's what happens. So definitely it intertwines. Eventually, even if you start with personal development in the beginning, you will eventually get to spirituality. It's like it's inevitable, but it's a beautiful, beautiful journey. Mm. <laughs> so what, what got you started on that journey? Is it something that you're always interested in as a child or was there kind of like a point where like, okay, I need to, I need to work on some shit here? Mm. <laughs> well, actually, I think some of us will be able to relate to this. Um, I... In my childhood, I had no idea what personal development was, didn't know it existed, wasn't ever questioning anything about, you know, who I am, not really. Um, but as I got older and I finished university, I started working in human resources and um, some, you know, nod out there if you can relate. But I, I ended up working in human resources, feeling like, OK, this is my career path um, because I, I felt... There was a side of me that felt quite pressured to know what it is that I needed to do. We kind of, you know, I was around amongst friends and parents and 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 loved ones that who were kind of like, okay, you need to have a career path and go for it. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll do health and social care, and this is it. Um, so I I worked um, in for a marketing firm in human resources for about a year, and I thought that I would be happy in this enterprise, just to find out that I was actually miserable and I was extremely bored, and boredom kills the soul oh my gosh so I would go home after a day's work and I'd feel really numb inside and I wouldn't wanted to just drain my mind from the, the the boredom of that day by turning on the tv laying on the bed and just drying drowning myself in absolute rubbish on tv um, and I was doing that every single day Monday to Friday and I couldn't wait for the weekend and I know that a lot of us can relate to this Eventually, I got fed up, and I remember coming home a day, uh, one day from work, and I said to myself, 
there must be more to life. Like I asked myself this question and I was really, I was standing in my room. I remember specifically and I'll never forget it because it was an absolute game changer. But I asked myself, there must be more to life than me just feeling like I'm living to work. All I do is work and I'm fed up of looking forward to the weekend or looking forward to the, to the holiday, going on holiday and coming home depressed because I have to go back to work. Why do I have to like get up at a certain time because someone's forcing me to get up, right? So then I said to myself, I made this, I set this intention. I had no idea what I was doing, by the way. I still didn't know about personal development. I had no idea, but I was desperate. And I said to myself, I'm only going to do what makes me happy. And it's almost like the, the universe responded, like energy waves just came out of me and then everything shifted. All of a sudden, my mother-in-law is talking about the, the the secret, the book, and I have to read the book. And then I'm, I'm going on, my husband's playing these motivational videos on YouTube every morning. We're turning off the TV, like everything just changed. I quit my job and then I got input into personal development. So I think a lot of us can relate. However, there's some people who will go throughout life and continue to be miserable in their nine to f in a in the job that they that like depresses them, that bores them, or some of them will be so fed up they'll pivot and just go right. This this job it needs to end, and I need to go for what I actually really wanted want to do, and feel the fear and do it anyways. Mm, absolutely. Mm. So it kind of it sounds like you were searching for a purpose because like I think it's not really that oh we don't want to work because like actually when you do the work that you enjoy and that you're passionate about and that you're interested in it's actually it's fun to work but uh yeah when you're doing something that's it's, that is not a right fit for you yeah it does make you question like what the hell am I doing and is this is this really all there is mm. And so how did you then start that questioning process of like, what is your purpose and what do you want to do? You're exactly right. I was looking for my purpose. So how did I do that? I, um, once I had made that, that intention, I'm only going to do what makes me happy. It wasn't like a fluffy, oh, I'm just going to go and like find my favorite job and get, yeah. everything's going to be so happy, Dory. It was me entering into what happiness actually really is. And happiness is very counterintuitive. So I ended up going soul searching. And honestly, it was like an unfolding. There was, the universe was just giving me signs and I was completely attracted to it. And I was like, oh, I'll go for this, I'll go for that. And I was just willing to do anything within the realms of obviously making sure I'm not harming it myself or anyone else, right? But I was like, I'm going to do what it takes. You know, if I need to work on my confidence, I started working on my confidence. I started working on my self-esteem. But then... That's when I realized that I needed to work on, my, that's when I realized that I needed to work on my confidence and my self-esteem. I realized that when I was working in human resources, I was keeping myself safe in this netted job, doing only certain duties. And then I went from realizing, I went from believing that I was quite a confident person to actually, I have very minimal confidence and very low self-esteem. So then I, to answer your question, I found a life purpose course online um uh by an online coach he's do he's not doing coaching anymore but he's got an amazing youtube platform um called leo and his youtube is called uh, actualize.org and i've been following him for years and i did his life purpose course and it was a completely life-changing experience i got to discover what my core values are because to answer your to, to answer mm. your point as well when you said it's not that we don't want to work. There's nothing wrong with working for someone. There's nothing wrong with doing a nine to five if you enjoy it, if it's in alignment with your values and who you are. However, if it's not, you are going to experience unhappiness and boredom. 
Um, and, and it may sound trivial, boredom, but it really can drain the soul if you don't do anything about it and become very depressing. Totally. So then that's when I, once I started working on my strengths and figuring out what it is that's, how, how it, 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 what it means for me to live in integrity with my values, that's when everything changed and my self-esteem naturally started to increase because I was more in alignment with my values. I was more aware of what my values were. I didn't even know values existed until I actually mm. discovered personal development. Yeah, I really I I really like how you said that your self-esteem raised when when you were integrity with your values because um what I find quite often in the personal development sphere they often talk about developing confidence. Uh, it's more like you say to yourself, oh, I'm really good. I'm the greatest. I'm amazing. I'm awesome. And it's like, that's not really it. That's that's kind of, um, it's almost like a form of uh, delusion, really. I think there's a difference between uh, saying to yourself, I am a worthy human being. Uh, like I'm worthy to try to do like to um to aim for goals mm. or certain dreams that i have i'm worthy to put myself out there and aim for that mm. but there's a difference between telling yourself oh i'm amazing and i'm awesome when you know <laughs> there's the when uh, it's not like oh you're not awesome but it's do you, do you believe it is the question yeah so. i mean I think what I'm trying to say is that some people might um, think that that's what confidence is, like a false sense of just like saying to yourself, oh, I'm 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 this amazing person. Whenever you, you don't actually have the practices in place that demonstrate those qualities and that in that and that integrity of of uh, of of alignment of your values and how you behave. Exactly. And to further add to what you've said is that when if when we say these affirmations, I'm a confident person, I'm an awesome person, it like you said in, in, in other words that I will now add, it it gives you a reason not to do the work. Mm. It gives you a reason to not actually dive in and go into your shadow self and go, right, what is actually going on? How is it that I'm sabotaging myself? So for myself, for example, when I started working on my self-esteem, I didn't just, I did affirmations, but I didn't just do affirmations. I worked on myself. I worked on how it is that I judge people, why I judge people, how I judge myself, my inner, you know, you know, you got that chatterbox, like what's going on there. I was observing my behaviors, working on ad adopting new rituals. It, you have to do the work and it takes courage, but it also takes, it, 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 it's a beautiful journey because you, you experience so much more healing and then the confidence and the self-esteem um, as a prerequisite just naturally by itself increases. Like you don't need to force it if you do the work. But if we don't do the work and we just do those affirmations, there will be self-sabotage at some point. It won't last. It won't be sustainable because you haven't worked on the, the subconscious level. You have to go quite deep. Mm hmm yeah and um i think you're you're the one who actually uh recommended the book the six pillars of self-esteem you uh recommended that to me and when i read that i was like yeah that's that is so it and it was actually one of one of the um inspirations behind the name of this podcast actually because um what um i think it's the the 
the Nathan. The, the author is uh, Nathaniel Brandon, I think. That's it. Um, so what he talked about is self-esteem is not something that you that you just have. It's something that you practice. And I love that because the um, because each of the six pillars were actually something that you need to consistently practice. So that's what really I was like, yes, that makes so much sense. And uh, it's obviously not just for self-esteem, but for anything that we do in life. If we're not consistently putting it into practice, it doesn't exist. Exactly. Exactly. It's really important. And, and unfortunately, we don't we don't get at the moment taught in school what it really means to have healthy self-esteem, to have to work on your confidence. Um, so when we go through different experiences and trauma in childhood, there's no place or tools. We're not taught specific tools on how to deal with our emotions and what it means and how to deal with trauma and ex negative experiences and positive experiences. So we grow up as adults trying to manage our inner child that's trying to get itself heard. So it can be difficult to maneuver that. Um, but that's when personal development can come in and help us to expand what's already there because I am a believer that we already have our inner greatness within us. We don't need to be anyone else but ourselves, but we need to discover who this person is. Who are we outside of this ego? Who are we outside of fear? Who are we outside of low self-esteem, low self-confidence? If you can ask yourself that, you'll start to become that person and you'll realize that you were always that person. So it's all it's not about adding on personalities to yourself and characteristics. It's about actually peeling off the onions and the skin off the onions and actually realizing that you don't need these traits. You need you. You need your authenticity to come out and you'll see that people will be drawn to you when you do that. I couldn't agree more. That's a hundred percent on point. I really, really love that. Yeah, because that is so true. Because people feel that that they do need to add things on, but it's actually no. You need to take things off. Exactly. More, more so. But although in saying that, the um, it's it's so important to have a growth mindset that you're constantly. Well, I mean, sometimes um, people might see that. Oh, you, you like. Uh, well, it can be interpreted that because you constantly need to grow and improve is that you will never be it, that you will never be enough. Mm -hmm. So there is sometimes that it's important to make that distinction and and um, have a conversation about that potential conflict or contradiction. Definitely. For me, uh, I feel that I what's really important for me, what makes me feel alive. So you you could, to help yourself answer that, that kind of concern, you could ask yourself, what does, what, what does it mean for me to be alive? Like what's, what's important for me? And for me personally, is to feel like I'm expanding, that my consciousness is expanding. So I use the word expanding inter interchangeably with growth, that I'm growing, but really I'm expanding myself. I'm expanding myself in terms of my self love. I'm loving myself more. What, the more I can love myself more, the more I can love others because you can only give what you have inside. If you don't love yourself as much, it's difficult to love someone else, right? So I expand that. I expand my my strengths and I just expand in my connection with, with others, with the universe, and that makes me feel alive. So then it doesn't feel like I'm not enough. It feels like 
what else can I offer? Like I'm discovering myself. I'm like, I'm remembering who I am. It's just like a remembrance rather than I'm not enough. So therefore I need to go and become and become and become. Don't get me wrong. I get my days when I feel like I haven't been doing enough in terms of the work that I'm doing. But at the back of my mind, I I know that I'm great greater than what it is that I'm doing. And, and I'm on a bigger mission that, that's bigger than myself. And I feel like once you do that, once you ask yourself what makes me feel alive, you run with it. So if if it makes you feel alive to go and dance and teach people how to dance and that makes you feel alive, go and expand that area. If you love to do music, go and expand that area and then you will expand. If you love to write, go and write more and expand that area because if what we love, we grow. So I thought that's, that will help you to avoid that pitfall of feeling like you're not enough because once the more you can focus on what you love the more you'll be able to feel happier within yourself growing confidence growing self-esteem and the money and the material stuff will come but work from the reverse work from what it is that you enjoy doing that's the most important thing totally yeah I I love that Mm -hmm. and you talked about self-love and self-care I think that's a really a really interesting topic for me because um what's the what's the fine line between self-love and selfishness because self-love I think is such a a commonly used term now that I think a lot of people can can easily misinterpret that or it can be used in ways that aren't maybe best intended definitely definitely unfortunately at the moment we live in a society where it's almost frowned upon to go online or have a, you know, do a little video clip and say, I love myself. Because then you'll probably get attacked saying, oh, look, she's so big headed. Oh, narcissistic. And, you know, um, but I feel that we at the moment as society don't really understand what love actually is. Love is very, it's a very deep pro- uh, prospect and topic and it has many different facets but let just to simplify it for this for here for here because we could go on about love for a very long time yeah what I mean by self-love is the way it was the way that I became more aware of self-love is to go inwards so when you when you embark and maybe some of us have who are listening are already embarking on a soul a, a soul searching journey you will start to go inwards Whereas before, we're very outwards. We're very much looking at what other people are up to. Oh, look at what she's doing. Look at what he's doing. Oh, why is she why is she behaving like this? I don't like her. I don't like this. And what we're doing is we're just projecting our own, how we feel about ourselves onto others. And we're projecting it onto them. And we never look inwards because it's difficult. But what I did is I started to look inwards and sort of became my own scientist. So I, was, I did meditation practices that helped me to do that. And when you do meditation practices, you go inwards and as a prerequisite, you start to tap into this self-love energy. It just happens, right? And I became my own scientist. And what I mean by that is that I would observe my behaviors without judgment. And if a judgment arose, I just allowed it to be there, realizing that it was my ego. So therefore, I I was able to turn that inner chatterbox, that negative chatterbox that judges and it's like, oh, Christine, you can't do this. You can't do that. And it started to change and become my own inner cheerleader. And not in a narcissistic way, 
But if you can imagine, imagine as a ch- when you were a child, imagine if your parent was always telling you, you can't do anything, you can't do that, you can't play basketball, oh, no, you'll be useless in life. That's going to become your inner voice. And that's what you're going to carry throughout your life. You're going to project it onto other people. When other friends and family want to do big projects, you're going to talk them out of it because you fear for them that they're going to just like fall on their face. And it just becomes your inner, your parent becomes your inner voice. And that's what happened to me. I just had like the, my inner voice, my parents' inner voice trying to protect me, telling me I can't do this, telling me I can't do that, not realizing that it's having a detrimental impact on my self-esteem. But when I started to observe my behaviors and retrain my mind and create this cheerleader, Christine, you can do this. Come on, you can. Just keep pushing, believing in yourself. Like I started to create this kind of mindset and that created more compassion in me to go for it and then because of that I have that compassion that inner voice I'm able to project that on other people I'm able to go Susie you can do this Susie push yourself Susie do not like and Sam or whoever I'm talking to my husband my children my child who I have now because I'm so self-aware I'm so much more self-aware of my behaviors I will not project it on her and I will be able to create an inner voice for her that's her own cheerleader because of the way that I'm raising her And that's the power of love. When you can work and love yourself unconditionally, and it it can take a whole lifetime. Like I'm I'm always constantly working on it every single day. Like it, it doesn't just happen overnight. A whole lifetime. You could do it until you're dead, right? But it's very rewarding, very healing. It will allow you to offer that love to others. And there is nothing more worthwhile, I think, in life. And you can't go wrong. So once you understand that, once you understand the essence of love, that when you actually love yourself, you love others, your life will be absolutely amazing. It will just be fruitful. People will love you back. You'll realize just how how connected you are to others and you will not come across as selfish or narcissistic. You will come across as selfless effectively selfless with boundaries because people will think selfless that means I can walk all over you no 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 no. if you're selfless and people are walking all over you it means that you're not being effective in that area you're self-sacrificing that's just not going to be sustainable and you're going to end up hating people but if you're being selfless effectively you're going to have boundaries you're going to respect yourself you're going to love yourself you're going to be compassionate with yourself you'll have your off days you're human but you overall you'll be compassionate with yourself and because of that you will be compassionate and patient and loving towards others. But if you don't have that within yourself, if you don't treat yourself that way already, it will be so difficult to treat others the same way. And you're going to want to try and get that from others rather than give yourself to others. Wow. Mm. I love that, Christine. Yeah, that Mm. is so true. That is so true. Because um, you need to give yourself that self-respect and compassion um, because yeah a lot of people try to get that validation from other people they they need them to make them feel to make themselves feel a certain way absolutely however I did the same. yeah oh, oh yeah oh my god <laughs> like, <laughs> I I barely knew what what a uh, boundary was back in the day it was awful like I was I was completely walked all over and mm-hmm. taken advantage of but now I realize because when I look back on, on those experience I 
never describe it in a way that oh this person treated me this way or they did this I'm like well no I allowed this person to treat to treat me this way because that's what the truth is exactly and that's when that's when you realize oh shit like I actually have a lot more power here exactly you've hit this you've hit a great point there because blaming takes your, your power away for example, when I realized that I was miserable working in human resources, I realized I was the one that put myself there. I was the one that was making myself miserable. But but you would think someone from the outside would go, well, that's awful. If you, oh my <laughs> gosh, it's your fault. <laughs> it was actually the best experience and the best realization ever because I realized if I'm the one that created the situation, it means I can get out of it. It means I can create something new. It means I am the creator of my world and no one else has that power over me, that is very empowering. But you have to experience that. It's difficult to kind of to sometimes communicate that because people will be on guard and go, what? No, but it was obvious that it was that person's fault. It's obvious that it was that person's fault. But when you do that, you give yeah. your power away. I think it's, it's that sort of um, uh, f- famous saying like, um, like you um, treat me badly once, shame on you. But if you do it to me again, it's shame on me. So obviously, if someone does treat you in a bad way the first time around, you can't say, okay, that's their fault. But you're the one then, if it, if this carries on, then it, it's on you. Like, you have to set the boundaries. You have to say, okay, you know, if you want to keep this connection with me, you know, you need to treat me with respect, with compassion. You need to demonstrate that you're a trustworthy person or, you know... Uh, however it is that the um, mistreatment happened like they have to demonstrate through their behavior but it's up to you to set that boundary and make it clear to them what's expected and because if that's not done if you just kind of go in a huff like oh you know people don't understand what's going on exactly and that's known as lack of communication Mm. and I can give you a perfect example for that yeah because the beauty I feel the beauty of life is I feel that we're each here to bring out each other's greatness. As fluffy as that might sound, I really believe that that's why we're here. I'll give you an example of what you just said when you said you have to set the boundaries and be be clear to that person and communicate what it is that you want to make the relationship work. Me and my husband, when we first started dating, boyfriend is girlfriend, because I was because I had previously watched my sister have a boyfriend and they were quite aggressive, they would argue every day, I... There was a part of me that illustrated that as, oh, that's love. You have to argue and fight and speak on the phone every day and be very attached to each other. So I, I projected that with my, my my boyfriend and I would, when we would have like sort of arguments, I would raise my voice. And I remember one moment he said to me, I'm not listening to you right now. I'm not listening to you because I, we can't communicate when you're shouting. And I remember he said to me, if you want this to work, you have to trust me. If you want this to work, we have to not shout at each other because this is not how I communicate. He set his boundaries. He said, I do not shout. I do not disrespect. And I trust you and you have to trust me. And that straight away, I went, boof, right. I'm clear. And my behavior completely changed. We, to this day, we've been together, what, 12 years? Right. We, we hardly raise our voices to each other. We Amazing. have our tiffs, but we have so much respect. And he's brought that out of me. He brought that that goodness out of me because it was already there. I could show respect. I could show empathy. I could listen. But I was 
I had this belief system that, oh no, you need to argue, you need to have fights, you need to do this. But when he brought, what he brought out of me by setting those boundaries is my inner greatness of, oh, actually I can be in a loving relationship and this is something that happens naturally for me. I just didn't know it was there until he told me what his boundaries were. So that's the power of boundaries. There's nothing wrong with being selfless. There's nothing wrong with loving yourself. You don't become narcissistic. You have boundaries and you draw out that, that greatness from the other person. Absolutely. And when it's real love towards yourself, when it's coming from a real place. From a real place, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, oh, there was a point I was going to make now. Uh, it's gone. What uh-huh. did I want to say? It'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was about setting boundaries. Um, oh my gosh, no, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it, w- it will come back. Yes. Um, but yeah, I wanted to then go back slightly because uh, we we started talking about your, your job at Human uh, Resources and then uh, you quit your job. So did you have something to go to or was it just like you kind of went out there? Well, I didn't. So I, I when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm miserable and I'm the, cre- I'm the one that created this misery, I spoke to my husband because one of my limiting beliefs was I need to keep working mm-hmm. to make sure I can pay the bills. And, if, you know, I was quite neurotic. And I realized that with that self-awareness, with that scientist mode, right? And my husband said, don't worry, just leave your job. We've got bills covered. I had, we had quite a bit of savings. Like I was quite good with money. So I had quite a bit of savings before I left. And I said, look, look I want to do coaching. So I went and did the course. So I had a plan B, but it wasn't, it wasn't going to, I wasn't going to make money straight away. I didn't go and leave because I realized the cycle that I was on, what helped me make that decision to just leave without having a backup job was that I would leave the job that I was miserable in. I've had done, done this before. And I'd go and find a new job, like it for about a few months and then feel miserable again, find another job. And then I was tired of the cycle, find another job. And it's like, I was looking for happiness somewhere. Where's the happiness in the job? Where is it? I'm going to find it. And I was, I was fed up of it. So I needed to actually leave and not have that security anymore of another job so that I could actually come out of my comfort zone. I needed to not actually have another job and I needed this is going to sound very strange because I was very tight with my money because I was raised where my parents would say well we're not we don't have enough we don't have enough we don't have enough and I remember when I was really young I made a decision I'll never be broke I'll always have money so I was very tight with my money when I left the HR job I needed to actually be broke I needed to actually experience letting go of money and I specifically remember the feeling that I think I had, when I left my job, I had about 24 pounds in my account and I never felt more liberated in my entire life. And I was in my twenties when I left. I felt, obviously I wasn't actually, I had my my partner, so I wasn't, but me myself as this independent person earning my own money, that was a big deal. I needed to actually experience being broke. Why is that? So So that I could fall, I, I could let go of this tightness around money and allow myself to have the belief that I could recreate wealth under my own terms rather than the terms of what my parents taught me or what society was telling me because that wasn't working for me. I needed to come out of my comfort zone and to come out of my comfort zone, I needed to feel a bit uncomfortable. I needed to have not that much money in my account. I needed to not have that job that was gonna back me up. I needed to just start afresh under my own terms and discover what was who I was mm. and that enabled me to do that awesome yeah mm. I, I I can definitely understand that mm. uh, so 
what was your next step then? What did you do? So as I mentioned, I did the life purpose course mm-hmm. and then I discovered what my core values were. And when you, when we discover what our core values are, mm-hmm. so your values could be anything. It could be passion. It could be love. It could be um, adventure. It could be th- these kind of labels that we have. Once you discover what those values are, they become your internal compass. Because as you mentioned earlier, you said that you, before you didn't have any boundaries and people could walk all over you. With me, I realized that once I got into personal development, I reflected back into my old self. I was very reliant on other people's opinion, like really reliant. Like I would, I was so reliant on specific roles as well, like my sister and certain friends. For example, if they didn't like my boyfriend, I would dump my boyfriend. Like I was, I was, I hadn't, I didn't trust my own mind. So once I had those values, they became my inner, my inner compass. They told me where I needed to go because I couldn't go wrong with these values. And, and because of that, I was less reliant on people's opinions. So when I started uh, working on my, my life purpose course and discovering that, oh, wow, coaching, life coaching, confidence coaching, this is what I want to do. I want people to experience what I've been experiencing, these breakthroughs. Um, I, I, I went on this uh, open day life purpose a uh, life coaching open day and i said to myself if this open day this this open day opens up the opportunity of doing life coaching if life coaching is in in alignment with my values i'm going for it so like once you're in alignment with your values once you're aware of what your values are it actually helps you make decisions so compared to asking and being reliant on your friends and your family to help make decisions for you which aren't People don't always have your best interests at heart. And even if they do, they may just be projecting what they want to do onto you. So you don't always know whether it's the right thing. Because you've got your values and your values come from within, they you you, you can it's difficult to make mistakes. So when I realized, wow, I've I finished this open day and this is brilliant. This is so in alignment with my values. I felt so joyful. And that's one sign that when you know you're making the right decision, you feel quite joyful. And I went for it. And I just believed in myself because of those values. And your values will change as you get, as you grow, as you expand yourself, as you go deeper into personal development, they will adapt and change. They've changed already for me. I reviewed them every every year um, because we're always, we're very expansive as humans. So we're always changing and you adapt yourself. So when you feel like you're, you're not feeling very happy, you're, something's not right, look at your values and realign yourself. And you'll become less reliant on the opinion opinions of others and that's really important you can respect people's opinions you can take them on board but don't let that be your rule of thumb just focus on your values and let your values be your compass in life Mm. well yeah definitely but i think although um to your point that you say that your values change i'm not sure how if i fully fully um agree with that because i think for me when i think of values i also think of things like um integrity um courage honesty love compassion i think those at least those types of values from my perspective would be something consistent Mm -hmm. but the way i understand what you're saying is maybe things like because like you say your your values have changed so maybe when you're younger you might value uh freedom more but then as you get older you have a child you might value uh security more something more stable is that kind of where you're going with that exactly so for example 
when I first got it, got into personal development, because it is funny how I noticed this after as I grew. But anyways, you, you kind of reflect on yourself and you, you see your evolution. But one of my top values was freedom. But if you can imagine, I went from feeling restricted and working in this human resources environment to I want freedom. So it was almost like rebellion, but I needed that value. That value of freedom was very very inspiring. It allowed me to go out there and, and live a life more of freedom within my own terms. But now that freedom's changed into now self-expression. So it's still intertwined. Freedom is still within the self-expression. I, I need to feel free to express myself. It's just changed slightly. So for, the way that I did my values, I have my five core values that the definition changes slightly, but the core of it is the same. So the core and the essence of your values is consistent. The core mm. of who you are is consistent, but that the, the actions that you take within your values might change. So for example, you may value freedom and then I go, okay, I want to do life coaching because it allows me to be free. And then I might go, oh, okay, I've done life coaching for five years, but now there's another way I want to be free. I want to be free by traveling the world for a year. So your, your values may change in terms of the things that you do, but the core and the essence of your values, like the integrity would stay the same. Mm-hmm. So I feel that's, that's and, and, and having that sort of flexibility allows you to experience life in different ways and in di- the different facets of life rather than f- feeling rigid in one place. But you wouldn't anyways because you have very grandiose, uh, inspiring, beautiful values that will enable you to grow. But the essence of you will always be the same. The, t- the core of you will be the same. Mm, totally, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Simon uh, Sinek. And he's got his book, Start With Why. And one of the key points that he always makes is that your why doesn't change. But how you express that why can. Exactly. So, yeah. so exactly. So your values adapt with you but your core values your core self doesn't mm. change totally exactly yeah. so your why could change your why of those values mm. could change so i went from freedom to self-expression so the why mm. is slightly changed but the, the essence how, is the, the same yeah, yeah exactly the how yeah, is, yeah. is different. totally wow mm-hmm. um yeah so um i want to then now go to um because you had quite a challenging time as well uh christine because you're kind of on this soul searching journey and it was it it all started out really well but then you kind of hit hit a wall would you say or you 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 reached a point where yeah Mm. how would you call it a challenge would you call it a epiphany or yeah I think it was a mix of everything everything Mm. you just mentioned Uh, a wall a challenge um um a spiritual healing experience Mm. So basically, in a nutshell, what happened was I went on this soul searching journey. And me, myself, I'm a Pisces. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah. so Pisces, yeah. sometimes, well, I'm going to speak for myself, but sometimes I can get very caught up in the airy fairy, like, oh my gosh. I'm, and when I dive into something, I'll dive in deep. And I like to find, I've got loads of questions about the universe and why we're here. I always have. I've always been questioning. I remember when I was really young, I asked myself, how do I know I exist? I remember asking myself that. I was very young. How do I know I exist? So I'll ask myself these questions and I'll get lost in them. You know, I get quite lost in them. So I did a lot of 
like I mentioned, I did a lot of meditation practices and they increased. I did a lot of meditation. I went on a retreat. I had, um, you know, some spiritual experiences to the point where I actually became, you can have spiritual experiences and it can be beautiful. But then there's, I think there's a shadow side as well um, where I became quite mentally unwell. So I had a, a, what they call the psychotic episode where I had like a panic attack to the fullest, fullest extreme. Um, and I, I, I remember being at my mum's place. I just finished with a, a client. I had a beautiful experience with her, great session with her, came home and I suddenly had the urge or real, I felt like I had this realization that I was in a different dimension. Like I felt like I was lost. Like my mind just kind of just exploded because I did have prior to that, I did have some insights about ourselves as, as you know, who we are as humans and, you know what the ego is and and they were quite mind effing if, without me swearing yeah, right? you can swear please do <laughs> please do it was a big mind fuck right yeah. like massive like yeah. everything that i felt was reality wasn't so i think my ego panicked they it's, it's what you would term as an ego pa- back uh backlash so it's almost like I was on, um, I don't know if, if some of our viewers may know this term, but it's almost like I was on a, I had a psychedelic experience, like, an, uh, but I had the shadow side of it without actually taking any psychedelics. I didn't take any anything mm. at that point. Um, still haven't yet. Uh, but anyways, um, so it was a bit of a, ne- a negative experience where I, I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm in a different dimension. I'm in the wrong dimension. And my mom had a balcony on the first floor and I jumped off the balcony and then I called the ambulance. I was like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. And I, on, I, I, my mind suddenly had the urge to want to connect with the divine. Like I just had, I was like, I want to, I want to be out of here. Um, so anyways, I ended up being in, uh, put into a mental health institution for two weeks but the journey was, it sounds it sounds quite sad, but it was actually a beautiful journey because what happened was, and I, as I was in hospital, it's almost like members of my family's inner strength just came out of them and my inner strength came out, the strength that I never knew I had. And what benefited me in that situation is that because I was already a, a coach, because I was already working on self-awareness and working on my personal development, I was able to be, if you could say, I had two faces in hospital. So I was unwell, but I was also self-aware, very self-aware that I was unwell. So I was almost like I was observing my behavior. So I was able to heal very quickly. Even though I I plummeted so low, I I was able to heal, heal myself quite quickly. And my sister, she was studying astrology at that point. She had some friends that were doing astrology. They were able to come and visit me and and kind of help me explore what was going on with me and why why this was happening and that it was it was part of my journey, part of my chart. That this is what I need to do to just work on my energies and ground myself again. They told me to keep meditating, journaling. So I, I was doing drawing and creativity. I was um liaising and connecting with the other patients there and I developed a lot of compassion for them so it allowed me to dive in deeper into the essence of who I am and come out of it even stronger um, and it helped me to understand what mental health is and what is actually really going on there and what it is we can actually learn from patients um, so it was quite a beautiful journey it was a tough one but I would do it again if you would ask me would you do that again I would go through it again wow. because it was sometimes we need to go through hardships to discover who we really are, to discover what our potential is. Mm-hmm. And that enabled me to do that. 
So I don't. Fi- I believe it wasn't by accident. It was all on purpose. Mm. So what are some of the key things that that you learned then from that experience? What were because you were saying that um, because you were able to be very self-aware throughout the process. Like what kind of things were you were you observing, and what what did you learn um, about? mental health and about yourself and how 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 this whole thing happened mm. i learned the importance of opening yourself up to work on yourself work on the elements of yourself uh, ourselves that we've we've decided to neglect so when i was in hospital i was quite I was encouraged and not forced, but I had that opportunity. There was no other way, but I had the opportunity to work on the aspects of myself that I had neglected. So the aspects of myself that I didn't like, that I didn't enjoy. I had some low self-esteem in terms of my body image. I had to work on that. Um, And also just asking these existential questions of, you know, what is the universe? Who are we? You know, when I was liaising with patients, I would listen to them speak and they would say things like, oh, you know, time doesn't exist. Time is just something that we've created, that the mind's created. And that's actually something that I had learned in my personal development during my soul searching journey. You hear gurus saying these things, mystics saying these things. And I'm hearing this from a mentally ill person. And I was looking at them and I was like, wow, that's really like, that's amazing what you're saying. Whereas a doctor might think, oh, insane. But they actually have a point. They actually, they actually, there's wisdom coming out of that of 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 their mouths, you know. And I was learning from them, um, so it just allowed me to have more compassion and more patience within myself as I was going through this journey. But in essence, it allowed me to realize that we are stronger than we realize. That we that the universe doesn't give us the hardships that we can never overcome. It always gives us what we they know we can handle at that time and now because of that experience I know I can go to the next level I know that because I've conquered that that experience of being ill mentally I know that I can overcome that and go to the next level of my psyche and discover what else it is that I need to work on to become the best version of myself that's that's what I've learned it's just given me even more courage and patience Mm. So what kind of things did you have to do to heal? Did you have to go on any um, medication or did you have any like other practices or anything like that? What was yeah. what, what was the, the healing journey? So I remember when I when I first was institutionalized in the mental health hospital, I said to them, I do not want to be on medication. Uh, my mom had experienced uh, depression for a good few years and she's been on medication for, for for a long time and I didn't want that for myself I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life I knew that wasn't going to happen but I needed to be adamant because they were very much enforcing this you know medication medication but I wanted to heal naturally I wanted to find out what was actually going on I didn't want to be drugged up however having said that the medication I did temporarily end up taking medication because I ended up pivoting it got a bit very overwhelming and I said okay look we're going to give you this medication temporarily to help you to harmonize yourself so that's where the beauty of medication is necessary where it can help you to just ground yourself so that you can do the inner work and that's what happened for me um and then what I did was I also continued to do my coaching so I was coaching my clients whilst I was in hospital that helped me to stay grounded it was amazing Uh, my sister encouraged me to wear black 
um, to help me grow because I need to focus on grounding myself because I went from like wearing colorful colors and be very, you know, my vibration was so high and that's great. You could be in a high, a high vibration, but if there's still a lot of dark, like if there's still a lot of inner work you need to do, the new universe is going to drag you down. It's going to be like, no, 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 you still got loads of work to do. So I needed to ground myself. So I was wearing dark colors like brown and black and just to ground myself. I was reading my personal development books. I was meditating 10, 15 minutes a day to ground myself. And also the key thing that I was doing is that I was speaking to my, my husband and my sister were the ones that I could really entrust my deepest thoughts to. And I would literally tell them exactly what I was thinking um, in that moment. Because I thought that with mental health, when we're unwell, it's difficult to kind of cognitively understand what's going on and then express it out. So, but I feel that one of the the best healing mechanisms when 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 the person is ready is to speak out what they're thinking, and 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 it takes work. But that's exactly what I knew I needed to do. So when they came to visit me, I would tell them exactly what I was thinking. It doesn't matter how irrational it was. Like I remember one moment we were all playing cards, and they were both both of them were having a laugh. And I said to them, oh, guys, can I just pause for a second? I just want to tell you right now that I'm thinking that you guys are going to leave me and you're going to go and you're going to forget about me in hospital and you're going to go get married and you're going to forget about me. And I knew, remember I told you I had the scientist part of me and I had the, the, mm -hmm. the irrational, unwell part of me. I knew it was really irrational, but I needed to express it because the power was so strong and they grounded me again. They grounded me and they reassured me and that grounded me back. It grounded me back. It ground every day. I would call my sister at two o'clock in the morning and tell her I'm not feeling grounded. And she would ground me again. I did that for two weeks and then I was out of the hospital. Wow. Mm. That's so great. And I, it just shows the, the importance of having the right support around you as well and having people that you can trust. Because I'm sure some people who do find themselves in that kind of situation, maybe they don't have someone that, that will ground them or knows how to so exactly yeah. exactly my sister's uh my sister didn't even know she had that inner power she was amazing and she i'm not even exaggerating i remember there were times where she was literally reading my mind it was mind-boggling we were i would call her at four o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the morning and she would say things like oh are you experiencing anxiety or are you actually ungrounded and i was like oh and she would she would just she would seep into my mind and she would i'd say to her because she wanted this is the kind of work she wanted to go into as well and i told you this is the beauty in that, that i feel like we're here in this universe to draw out our great each other's greatness and i was like crystal i've never you, you have such greatness inside of you like this is amazing because of this experience that i'm having it's coming out of you. Look at this. Because wow. she had some low self-confidence as well. So it's beautiful that she was like, oh, wow, I didn't know I could coach like this. Wow, amazing. Mm. So what happened after then when you when you uh, came out of the hospital? What was it like when you were back in, would you call it the real the world? The real world, yeah. Um, I came back out and I focused on just inner healing and taking it day by day. Um, I went from like meditating one hour a day to just half an hour. I just slowed down. I just slowed down, slowed down. Um, and 
because I realized that I was intertwining, there was an aspect of me that was intertwining personal development with neurosis. There was still a lot of, neuro- I was quite neurotic with personal development because you can be neurotic mm. with personal development. So I like, just slowed down. I think it's because um, I've heard you say it um, in a conversation um, before. I think maybe you took some of the things a little bit too uh, literally. Exactly. like Because like, I think, because uh, you mentioned that you read The Secret and and so, and some of the things that they say is that your thoughts become things so you're almost like too afraid to think something so oh I've had this thought oh is it gonna is exactly it- so when I was having that panic mm-hmm. attack mm-hmm. and negative thoughts were coming in I believed it would happen and when you when we feed into negative thoughts it just exa- accelerates and because of the level of I'm going to say vibration, but because of mm. the level of vibration I was in, I was already I was already in a very negative state of mind. And because I was in a negative state of mind, the energy was very strong. The negative energy was very strong. So when a negative thought would come up, like, oh my gosh, if I carry on acting like this, my husband's going to leave me, I would believe that. And then that would feed in onto itself and then generate another, another negative thought. And that's the nature of panic attacks. It just feeds on itself and it becomes a vicious cycle and then it impacts on your behaviours. And, and the way that you show up. So mm. I needed to just ground myself and get back to that equilibrium. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. So then did your uh, perspective or your your approach to personal development change slightly then? Or, or was it the kind of things that you were... Because like with the secret, I'm like... Um, I'm not sure is that like real personal development like if you know what I mean it's kind of more like an idea or a theory but I think um, like personal development books like for example the one that you recommended to me about uh, the six pillars of self-esteem or uh, Stephen Covey's uh, seven habits of highly effective people I feel like those ones have a slightly different take on it they're they're a lot more practical they're a lot more um uh yeah i think practical is probably the, the mm, best way to work mm. does that make sense what it I'm does saying? make yeah. sense it Whereas does make like sense with, with the secret i feel it's a bit like airy fairy and on one part it's like they're just saying stuff that people want to hear like oh if you just sit there and visualize all this money you're gonna be rich you know it's like well actually no you actually need to do the work <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and not just like work on yourself but actual work mm, exactly work too but i feel the the secret it it takes it, it tells part of the story mm, yeah. it's almost uh from my perspective it allowed us to it allows people to find the positive in their situation and have a bit of a, a reassurance that things can be better that they can get the control back but it tells part of the story and that can come across because it's part of the story it comes across as fluffy so definitely it i feel it taps into beingness if you could say so it says mm. this is who you need to be so be more abundant think more abundant thoughts and then from the beingness you will behave and take the necessary action but the action and the behavior is kind of missing in that book Mm-hmm. if from that perspective yeah, yeah. So that's when you need to actually definitely do the work but the more you can focus on the beingness of who you want to be and the best way to do that in my in my opinion is to find out what your values are then you will start to become that person and from that place of becoming uh, or and being that person if so if you want to be more compassionate if you want to be more outspoken if you want to be more confident you will start to take the necessary actions that 
matches that per- that that personality. Does that mm. make sense? Absolutely. The action will come. Yeah, but of course, like the first thing which has to change is is your thoughts and your um, beliefs that you are capable of doing that. Because if you don't believe that, you won't take the step. Exactly. Necessarily. And from what you said from the beginning, to follow through with that, when you said, "Oh, it's not just as simple as going, oh, I'm awesome, I'm amazing." Mm. There's a spectrum. I can't go and say to 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 you. From from if I'm speaking to a person who has really low self confidence and they say, oh, you know, I can't, I can never write a book, I'll never be able to do it. I can't then go as a coach, right? I want you to write down this affirmation. You are awesome. Put it in in your mirror and say it to yourself every day. It'll be difficult for her to go from I'm useless to I'm awesome. The spectrum is too great, and the mind is too intelligent. The mind's gonna go, no, you're not. You just you spent twenty years telling me that you're useless. There's, why are you lying? So you, we need to we need to follow the spectrum gradually. So I would coach that that client and say, okay, you're saying your affirmation right now is I'm useless. We need to go to I'm useful or I can try this. It needs to be gradual. And then you go from I'm useful to I'm, I have a gift in this or I'm talented in this. Or there's a possibility that I could do this. Or I give myself permission to write my first letter, my first paragraph. Give yourself permission. And then you gradually go up the spectrum to eventually go, I am awesome. And then your mind will go, will be in alignment with that. Mm-hmm. It takes a gradual process. Totally. And also I would say in, in that kind of um, example, that um, that particular client, if they commit to writing something every day they will feel oh, hang on a minute I'm, I'm doing all this writing and they're learning from the work that they're doing then yeah they will um believe in themselves because they're doing the work exactly exactly rather than just saying something to themselves mm, exactly mm-hmm. and and that reminds me of a, a book uh um, called how quantum physicists build new beliefs amazing book so how quantum physicists build new beliefs and um that book illustrates the whole importance of following the spectrum. So remember when I said how I went from high vibration, joy, love, ex- I was like, oh my gosh, I can rule, I can rule my world and I can help people and whatever, you know. And I pivoted down to the lower energy of, of fear is because I went too high, too quick, and the mind couldn't take it. But in this How Quantum Physicists Build New Beliefs, he actually goes, start from where you are. So if you have a scarcity mindset, for example, start from... I have no money to I have some money and I have money. I'm excited about money. And you move gradually to the highest frequency, which is love. But you do it gradually. And then f- and, and you may feel like, oh, but that's going to take ages and nothing's going to happen. But actually, things do happen. You start attracting different people, different situations straight away as soon as you do that. Yeah, totally. And I think um, actually, from my perspective, slow and steady is the way to go. Because that's when that's because um, that's when it's when it will actually be sustainable. Exactly, and you you'll be able to carry it through. I think it goes with anything. It could be when you're trying to change your diet or you're trying to conquer something. Like for me, um, for example, like because um, you know you you've been to uh, Toastmasters as well. So uh, because I have a stammer, and then for for me to go okay I have a stammer I'm too scared to speak in front of people to like doing this massive speech you know 
you just wouldn't you do that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, uh, I just, I kept going up doing the small roles, just speaking a bit. Like at first I, I would just look down at the floor, but I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. And then eventually, you know, I I did some great speeches. You and know? it becomes natural for yeah, you, Yeah, right? totally. And then you're like, right, what next do I need to do to come out of my comfort zone? Yeah, exactly. But it's it's taking those small steps and pushing yourself that a bit more each time because then that um, self-assurance or that confidence is strong and it's stable. It's not going from, oh shit, like I'm really scared. I, I can't do anything to like, bam, like putting you on stage in front of like a hundred people exactly and if something goes wrong you'll never do it again yeah. right it's like you if you watch the way children grow they don't go from being born to eating solids yeah they don't go from being born newborn to walking it's a gradual process you wouldn't go and teach your two-year-old maths algebra before they're ready you'd wait until they start secondary uh secondary school yeah. primary school and it's it never ends it's always a gradual process and that's how self-esteem works it's gradual Totally. The missing steps will just pivot you back. You'll just fall back and self-sabotage. But that self-sabotage needs to be minimized and it needs to dissipate through gradual growth. That's why for me, I will never stop expanding. I will never stop growing until the end of my, my days. And I love that. I love the idea of just continually growing because I feel like we're all infinite beings, actually. Never totally. ending. There's always new things to discover. And that's not a scary thing. That's an, a, a, an exciting thing. It means that you can explore the world, just be an explorer. I love that. Yeah, mm. totally. And I think just to really drive home that point of like putting in the consistent work and the, the gradual process, because what I've seen quite a lot with personal uh, development sometimes is there is a branch of it, especially... Um, whenever people want to get rich quick kind of thing, they always want to sell you. And I, oh, th th this is like the, this is the hack or the three steps. Or if you do this, then straight away, you're, you, you will get the, you will get the uh, result that you want. Mm. There's such an emphasis on this the speed. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. And people trying to sell you the idea that you can have something big quickly. Definitely. Which I think is, obviously it does happen for some people, but that's rare, you mm -hmm, know, very mm -hmm, rare. Mm -hmm. Like I don't believe in um, in overnight success or anything like that. Like it's usually it took people like 10 years to build on something or to work a crowd. A lot of failures. Yeah. yeah. And then at maybe one point someone saw them at the right time in the right place which made it seem like it was like an overnight success but they had done all the work prior to that to prepare them for exactly. that opportunity and we don't see that we don't yeah. see the struggle they went through before because they were they weren't known so you yeah. only go and see them and find them on instagram yeah. when they've exploded but you haven't seen what they've done to lead up to that mm, that's um, why like i really love what you're saying it's so true thank you we are in a society at the moment where it's all about instant gratification. I feel we will outgrow it, but at the moment it is about get it quick and get it now. But we will, I think some people are starting to realize when they do buy those programs and those courses, they realize actually it's not as simple as that. And you know, sometimes by nature we're, we could be quite lazy, but we've just got to overcome that laziness and just do the work. And and what's what's beautiful is that when you, 
I think the most important thing is to to overcome because I know there's a lot of people who want to overcome this 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 need for instant gratification. They want to overcome it. They 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 don't want to have to feel like they need the, the success tomorrow. I've met people like that. Like I want to overcome this. Like I always I'm so impatient. And the the most important thing, to, the the most important method, the, the best method to overcome that is to enjoy and trust the process. So you need to enjoy the process. Don't get me wrong. I make videos every week and it can be, there's tedious parts of it. There's bits where it's like frustrating. But in essence, I love it. I love creating content. I love the process. And when I see it, I'm like, wow. So it's just about enjoying the beauty of your work. And then you won't even see the time fly by. Instant gratification won't be an, uh, a problem for you anymore because the gratification you get it from just doing the work itself for the sake of doing the work. Totally, I love that. Yeah, because mm. I think so many people they see like either like someone who wins an 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 award for something or they're like rich, so they've got all the like. Um, material mm. wealth they kind of see okay that's the goal rather than actually the work is the goal exactly because when you when we get those things we then realize oh okay we're excited for a little while it's like getting a new car and then you get bored of it and then you want the next thing but when you actually love your work you love the process you love getting up in the morning you love writing the book or doing the video or doing your podcast you the joy that feeling of joy and satisfaction just just emanates through you and then you don't feel like you need anything else and then the success is a bonus totally. the, the, the the benefits the material stuff is a bonus rather than stuff that you're reliant on and trying to grip and get but it, that takes work it mindset it's all about mindset totally yeah i'm just keeping an eye on the time like yeah <laughs> yes. we, we need to start wrapping yes. up I know. <laughs> we, we, all day. We, we could keep going yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> Um, so I feel like this, you know, you, you, you will have to come back on here. So we have a, a part oh, two be amazing. to, to, <laughs> to <laughs> carry on this conversation. Um, but just to kind of tie up, um, briefly. So where are you now with your work? Uh, cause so you were doing, you, you, you've been doing the coaching. Are you still doing coaching or have you branched off? Cause I know since being a parent, mm. some things have, uh, shifted for you. So just yes. if you'd let us know yes. what you're up to now. Yes. So to reiterate, my values have shifted slightly. The core essence is the same where I want to spread my message and be the catalyst to draw out people's greatness. And I'm doing that through now, not just, whereas before I was working with adults and it was one-to-one -one coaching, I'm now channeling that greatness out of others through children and parenting. So it's all about nurturing the next generation because I'm realizing that we all need to, we're all evolving, but we all need to, there's a lot of terrorist hap terrorism happening in, in 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 the world there's environmental issues there's a loads loads of kind of negative aspects negative things that are happening within the world that i feel that we need to work on the root of the problem and one route one avenue is through the way that we're raising our children because our children are the next generation then they're, they're the next politicians they're the next doctors they're the next lawyers and i'm all about especially since having a child 
very sensitive to the growth and the way that we're nurturing and grow, grow, uh, raising our children. So I've now got a YouTube channel where I provide material and content where I share my parenting journey. I do a lot of research and I'm doing some collaborations with some professionals on how we can all raise happy and confident children because that will then cause a ripple effect where they will then raise happy and confident children. Then they will raise happy and confident children. It creates a ripple effect where we can then find uh create once when, when children are happy and confident they're more able to be innovative and find new ways of saving the environment of saving uh the, the um the government and, and you know and making positive change so that's the essence of where i'm doing my confidence coaching so the the channeling is is different the target market is different but the coaching is pretty much the same <laughs> wow that sounds absolutely amazing christine thank you i love it <laughs> big project but yeah. i'm excited yeah amazing um so just to wrap up now um i want to ask you so what have been the key practices that have helped you to overcome challenges and to attain success so the key one is my meditation practice that I would do, so right now, I've, since having a child, I've, I've, I have to be more flexible, but I've been doing every night as a ritual, meditating, guided meditation for, for 10 minutes, and then my own, my own silent meditation for 10 minutes. And that enables me to just keep working on my self-awareness. Self-awareness is powerful. Once you know and can understand yourself, you can work on what's limiting you and, and causing you to not create the, the life that you want. Um, I've been working on my limiting belief through journaling and I've also gotten into lucid dreaming. So maybe in a future episode we could talk yeah. about that. But I've yeah. been working on sort of connecting with my subconscious, connecting with my dreams. Um, when you do lucid dreaming, it's basically about you realising that you're dreaming whilst you're dreaming. And when mm. you can do that, you can you can do things in the dream yeah and it's, it's weird when that happens I've, yeah. I've had a few of those I mean, yeah it's yeah, yeah it's, it's so weird yeah because you can kind of direct the dream exactly yeah. and you can ask questions like you know what should i do with my career and <laughs> and things like that you can actually communicate yeah. with your subconscious oh so i haven't very no powerful. i haven't gone that far i've only like i usually like oh i'm gonna fly I'm yeah gonna, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna have some fun actually yeah have some fun have <laughs> some fun definitely have some fun yeah and you can use it for healing work as well so wow but but in essence if you yeah. want to that's quite that takes quite a bit of work but yeah. it can take quite a bit of work so some people lucid dreaming can be quite natural but for me it takes a bit of work but in in a simpler sense meditation and just working on my self-awareness and self-love so looking at myself in the mirror so what i would do in the mirror right mm. i would look when i after i've brushed my teeth or something just simple things simple things but very powerful when you do it continually i blow myself a kiss mm. blow mm. myself a kiss Mwah. and that some people feel, oh, that's so, so narcissistic. No, because it allows me to go and be loving to someone else. It allows me to be loving towards my child, mm. patient towards my husband. I give that out because that's what I'm giving to myself. So I've been practicing more self-love, self-care, working on my diet, eating more healthy foods, just um, having more patience with myself. It's just those daily practices of meditation and blowing myself, myself a kiss in front of the mirror every day and smiling. <laughs> It sounds yeah. simple, but it's not always easy to do. But the more you do it, the more it has a positive impact on your behaviors. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and uh, for the final question, um, what do you value most and how do you put it into practice? I value self-growth. I value 
I value self-growth, uh, expansion. So I use that interchangeably. So I practice this through reading personal development books, listening to personal development audio books, and asking myself, how is this going to help me grow further? How is this going to help me expand further after I've read that book? How can I implement what it is that this book is trying to teach me? It doesn't matter if it's some, an, a small action that I do every day. It has to be something. How is this expanding me? Because like I said before, that's how I feel most alive. When I feel like I'm growing, I feel alive. So that's what's really important for me. I can't be doing something day in and day out as a job that's that's not in alignment with that. It has to be, everything has to be in, aligned with that. So I'm always asking myself, if I'm having a bad day, if I'm feeling low, where am I lacking in self-growth? Where am I lacking in self-love? And then get back to that and, and give myself that self-love so that I can take the, the right action rather than the neurotic action. Mm. Yeah, that sounds mm. really good. I just want to dig just slightly deeper into the self-love because uh, um, you mentioned that you, you like blow yourself a kiss. But uh, what about in more uh, practical terms? Like what do you do? Um because you mentioned about healthy food. Yes. Um, yes. Is there anything else that you, so we can be a bit clearer, more like what does it mean to to practice self-love? Okay. Well, okay, so there's another, there's two things. One practical thing you could do as well, which is what I've been doing, especially if, if you are like me and you've had some nev- negative experience of bog- body image, like you're feeling in a bit, uh, you've, had, you have a, you've had low self-esteem when it comes to body image or you wanna reconnect with your body, especially after having a child. So what I do uh, when I can um, is after my shower, I'll get my lotion, I'll put a bit of nice relaxing music on and I will just actually consciously put cream on. Because some of us, we put cream on quickly and then go about our day. But I would actually pause, even if it's just for two minutes, whilst my baby's running around and I would just consciously put cream on and actually look at my body and just be in awe of it. And be like, wow, this this body is allowing me to be here right now. And just enjoying it. So I would do that. And that really elevates you, makes you feel good. That's beautiful, yeah. To really connect to connect yourself to your own um, body. And it's like you said, to feel that gratitude of exactly. this amazing thing. Or this, yeah. Beautiful this, body. And the yeah. more you do that, the more you'll realize that it's a beautiful, it's beautiful. It is. You, you may face some resistance at first. But just allow yourself to just put some cream on consciously. Just be like, I'm putting cream on my arm right now. Just start off like that. And then gradually you'll actually look at your hands and go, wow, look at the distinction and the detail on my hands. Yeah, and just the fact that you have all these joints and you can like the way that you can move your body. Exactly. It's so so amazing having a body. (laughs) It's powerful. And and also another thing you could do is as you're going in your about your day to day, you could just stroke your hand. Stroke your hand, stroke your arm. Sometimes I give myself a hug. I go like this. If I'm feeling like agitated or that inner negative voice is coming in, I just give myself a hug. And it completely changes your physiology. It changes, it it naturally brings out that oxytocin, that love hormone. And you, because of that, you behave differently. Because in essence, we want to behave differently. We want to change our, our habits. But we feel that, oh, if I just do this thing, I'll be able to do it. But we don't realize that we need to do it from within. We need to start from within. So if you can release and just release that positive energy within yourself, you'll naturally behave differently. It'll be hard for you to to pick up that burger knowing that it's unhealthy 
after you've just gone, oh, I love myself, I'm going to eat that salad. Mm. It's completely different because you it's, it's hard to love yourself and eat and have a cigarette knowing that it could cause cancer and go, oh, I love myself. I'm going to have this salad instead or I'm just not yeah. going to pick up that cigarette. You know, it sounds it sounds quite simple the way I'm saying it, but mm-hmm. it the more it just takes practice. You need what changing behaviors and, and building on rituals is practice. You need to work the, the subconscious works through repetition, doing it every day. And if you fall off the bandwagon for a week, don't hate yourself for it. Just go right. I've paused. I'm gonna keep it up again. I'm gonna pick it up again. Pick it up again. Pick it up again. Mm. And don't give up. Yeah, totally. I think also just to add what what came to me now was about when you make choices about what 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 kind of things you will consume or what um, even what which type of people you will connect with or what you will do. It's like instead of seeing something as good or bad uh, necessarily, but it's like is this life um, is this life affirming or not? Perfect, beautiful, powerful, Susie. That yeah. is such. That's so much more powerful than that's good, that's bad. Because especially when it comes to food, like uh, a mm. certain type of food might be good for you, but it might uh, it might not be. Exactly. So I want to say if we, it might be good for you, but it might not be for me. Exactly. Which which has happened to me with, with, like, with some foods. Like, for example, uh, people say that um, that avocados are like really healthy, but mm. like I can't eat them mm. because they give me really bad stomach pain. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's not good for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That doesn't serve you. Yeah. And you know when we say, "Oh, that's good for you. That's bad for me." And then you really want that burger and you're like, "Oh, it's really bad if I do that." When we're raised and being told, "You're bit you're good. You're bad. That's good. Mm. That's bad." All the time those labels. Mm-hmm. We want to rebel afterwards. So yeah. I'll go, "I really want that burger." Oh, but I really shouldn't. It's bad. I won't have it. But the next day I'll go because it's like a slap on the hand. That's mm. bad. Yeah. Towards that burger, but really you're doing it towards yourself. So I'm gonna have that burger tomorrow as a rebellion. But if I go, yeah. is this burger serving me? Is this burger allowing me to be my best self? How is this burger gonna help me? Mm. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. Ah. Oh. And then you you suddenly feel rather than feeling restricted when you say that's bad, you feel like a sense of like relief and you go, Okay. This salad is gonna serve me. This salad is gonna give me energy. This salad is gonna make me feel good. And then, however, if you do end up having that burger, you go, okay, I had that burger. Give yourself compassion for it, rather than ha- reprimanding yourself and and saying, oh, naughty, because that's just gonna make you feel bad. Again, it's gonna make you rebel. Mm. It's gonna create that vicious cycle. And then you wonder why people have this yo-yo effect of losing weight and gaining weight. Mm. So you want to give yourself compassion and go, Look, I had that burger. It's a, speak to your inner child like you would your own child and you would give them compassion and go it's okay honey you had that burger you know it's you know the consequences all right tomorrow you can have your salad mm. and feel good about it and you're more likely to have that salad because you've given yourself compassion rather than reprimanded yourself mm. and and shut you know giving yourself this negative experience because mm. you will most likely go and have another burger again yeah I like burgers now and again. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what I think what I was going to say is that when you connect to what is truly life affirming, um, when you or when you choose life affirming, whether it's foods or behaviors, they feel 
really good mm, yes definitely and the more you tune into that the more you realize oh actually if I eat this or do this or behave in this way it actually makes me feel bad exactly so it's kind of rather than saying like oh this is I should do this or I should do that you just naturally let go of things that are not life affirming let go Letting just go let is it powerful. go yeah just let it go not just like oh no like you like it's not like a forced discipline because that's coming from a different place exactly it's it's neurotic and yeah. neurosis is 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 destroying it's mm. self-destroying yeah so you want to come from a place of calm you want to come from a place of reality is this serving me is this serving me and others mm. or will it hurt me yeah and it and again it goes back to uh simon sinek Mm. start with why why are you wanting to eat healthier why are you wanting to have this business or Mm. this passion it needs to be a it needs to inspire you touch you move you because if it doesn't you'll easily pivot back to that negative roller coaster totally and i think when you tune in and when you realize what is truly good for you is also for the greater good oh yes there's no difference exactly because if you're tuning into just oh what's good for me uh, then you know that can have some very uh negative consequences as well yeah yeah like if something's only good for you but is bad either for another person or for the environment eventually that's going to be bad for you exactly it pivots back it pivots back Mm. and when we say so it's almost like when you're coming from a place of selfishness where it's this is because when we say it's good for me You'll know it's if you know. I'm, I know I keep using the word burger. There's nothing yeah. wrong with burgers, but I'll just, I'll just say, like a really smoking. You can use that smoking. We can agree across the board. Exactly. Bad for you. We know that smoking is bad for us. So you, it's you wouldn't really go smoking is good for me, or you'll go for smoking is good for me because it calms me down. But you know, in essence, it's not good for you, and you know it's not good for others. So it's mm. going to destroy you at some point, right? Totally. Whether mentally or physically. But when you know that something is good for you like a Mm. capital g yeah i promise you it will be good for the whole population Mm. and that proves that your core is great that you are divine that you are amazing that proves that because what is good for you capital g is a, a really amazingly good for everyone around you simple example because i'm eating healthier even healthier my husband's eating even healthier you know, it, it's and I haven't really said anything to him. He's just buying different foods, healthier foods. We're quite healthy anyways, but we're just upping the ampy as a <laughs> taking going to the next yeah. level, right? And yeah. and and it's just happening naturally mm. because I'm thinking about what's good for me, but capital G because I know yeah. it's good for my family. Mm. Otherwise, I can say I'm going to buy junk food and everyone and everyone eats junk food around me mm. because I don't care what about you because I don't care about myself. Totally. So it's that ripple effect. Absolutely. You can only lead by example. Exactly. No other way. Yeah. People don't want to be told what to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Christine, I could, we could keep talking. Yeah, oh my need, gosh, I need to I stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I have to stop as well. But so where can we find you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram under Christine Allaby. So L-A-L-A-B-Y. So Christine mm-hmm. Allaby. And you can find me on YouTube under Christine Allaby as well. Mm-hmm. A-L-A-B-Y. And feel free to ask me any questions follow me on there and i will respond and yes fantastic uh yeah i'll make sure to provide all of the uh 
links on there as well. Thank you so much, Christine. This has been amazing. I can't wait to have you back on. Yay, me too. (laughs) Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And um, if you if you thought this was useful and you think someone else could benefit, uh, please share with your friends. Until next time, uh, talk to you soon.